Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show. She's a very smart dog. Yes. Very smart. Now, Maggie would do this sort of thing. Constantly. All the time, but right? She was a bird dog. Constantly. She, was, Constantly. she liked the game. My original dog, my original dog, the Puna, did an incredible thing when I was about seven years old. The Puna went into a cabinet, took out a box of walnuts and a box of brownies, unmade brownies. Really? And ate them both. Sure. <laughs> ate them both. Made the mix in the stomach. Yeah. The Puna did that. The Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. And you know how I knew the Puna did that? Because the Puna was laying on her side for about five hours with a with a protrusion in her side because from all the stuff that she ate. Like a boa constrictor? Yeah, pretty much like that. But she'd eaten a bear. Yeah, like a boa constrictor does. Yeah. Uh, lots of news today. Really, lots of sports news. Just lots of news. Lots of news. Carlos Correa. Uh, I got up this morning and saw this on SportsCenter. Carlos Correa, who we thought had signed with the Giants. I remember Mike and I were asked, now that they didn't get Aaron Judge, should they be happy with Carlos Correa instead? And I said, are you kidding me? He's an all-star shortstop. Sure you should be happy with him. He's gone. He went to the Mets. I don't know how much money the Mets have, but they got more than I got. <laughs> they signed him for 12 years and $315 million, Carlos Correa. He apparently had a physical with the Giants that caused the Giants some concern. They apparently took a step backwards, though I don't know that they voided the contract. Yeah, how far of a step did they take? Yeah, and the Mets swooped in. And the Mets swooped in. And the Mets, they're not the Padres who've collected all the shortstops. They got two. But the Mets now have Lindor and Correa. And they're going to apparently move Correa to third. And Lindor will continue at shortstop. And the Mets have Verlander and Scherzer. And the Mets have Pete Alonso. And the Mets have Jeff McDean. The Mets are great. Yeah. The Mets are great. Do they have enough pitching? They lost to Grand. They've got Taiwan Walker, right? They brought yep. him in. Uh, they brought him in from, from who? No, he went to the Phillies. Oh, he went to the Phillies. They lost him. They yeah. brought in another guy. You're talking about Lugo as well. Yeah. And, and uh, so, uh, honestly, I know I've said this before. There has to be some consideration given to dividing the divisions by wealth. Oh, they got the, the Japanese pitcher, Singa. Yeah, who throws it 104 <laughs> miles an hour. Right, right, and you wonder about some of the secondary stuff or you yeah. know how the MLB hitters will respond to that. Just so... No, this all starts with your top two pitchers. If they are as dominant as you think they could be, you're sort can of... Can they be dominant for 162? If they can be dominant for 100, space them out. You know, they tend to get hurt. Yeah, and you... Scherzer's and you, been hurt the last three And by years. how good that division is right now with the Braves, who have who have lost a couple of pieces, but the young yes. core they have is still there. If you look at the outfield... Yes, but they lost Freeman and Swanson. They brought in a center fielder who's an awesome. Yeah, but I'm talking about over 162 games. If you're looking at... They're young. ...the Braves, if you're looking at the Phillies... Phillies are good. Uh, ...and always sort of the lurking... Uh, Miami Marlins, you, you can take the Nats totally out of this. The but Nats are totally out of it. They're going to win 50. By that strength, if you're going up against Kyle Schwarber and Harper and everything that the Phillies are throwing at you, how does that start to sort of lessen the impact to Scherzer and Verlander as to what they have to go through just for the regular season? But, this is an unbelievable thing what, with Correa. what was revealed in this medical report? I don't report? know. The back issues. Buster Olney was on TV thinking that it had something to do with back issues. I, I don't know. The Mets certainly didn't care. No. I got back issues. I'll tell you all about them. You signed with the Giants? Yeah. 
I didn't sign with the Giants. I'd sign with the Mets at this point. I know you hate the internet, but if you go to MLBTradeRumors.com, the comment sections as to what could possibly have been revealed. Wonderful read. So you, so it, it, I'm sure that people would talk about the possibility of suspensions and yeah, drugs. Yeah, I mean, and, I'm, and I, I'm sure you're looking at this thing over that length of time, and the AAV is a little bit less than what it would have been in San Francisco, but uh, you look at that 20, length yeah. of time. If you win one World Series, totally worth it. But yeah. I was thinking... When I read this this morning, I was thinking about when you were talking to Brian yesterday and going, that's yeah, still not the Yankees. Right. No, it's not the Yankees. Yeah. No, not the Yankees. Uh uh Nets are not the Knicks. They can win 100 in a row. They're not the Knicks. A guy named Matt Ibisha, who was a walk-on at uh, Michigan State in one of their championship seasons with Tom Izzo. And, he and he, his father built a mortgage company, and he gave the mortgage company warp speed. And he's a billionaire. And he bought the Phoenix Suns and the Phoenix Mercury. And he bought them for $4 billion. When Steve Ballmer bought the Clippers for $2 billion, it was about a billion four more than any team had ever been sold for. This is within the last eight years. Yeah. A billion four more than any basketball team had ever been sold for. This is double that. Someone needs to tell me how the Phoenix Suns are worth this. Because if there was one sport that I would think is a bubble that could burst, it's basketball. It's basketball. Uh, $4 billion. And you go, and they bought a WNBA team. Well, the WNBA team is Brittany Griner's team. And so that will be at the center of discussion for at least this year and probably next year. So that may be a good addition to have in the short term. I don't know about the long term. Because I don't think WNBA teams, by and large, make a whole lot of money. Maybe they do. But the percentage of that team in the $4 billion is small. It's quite small. $4 billion. I don't know. It's a good way to get rid of your money. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a good way to get $4 billion. Maybe they could play live music like Chatter. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I guess they, they, they're zoned open, for open that. Open the patio. They're zoned for that. They do you think do it that. was a Neil Diamond situation? Where he just had the cash had on the him? Had the cash in his hand? <laughs> right. I don't know. That's an amazing, yeah, it's a an amazing thing. Franco Harris has passed away at age 72. Franco Harris is he's a Hall of Famer. He was a great player at Penn State. He was a great player with the Steelers. The Steelers, of course, are better known in that period of time when they were a dominant dynastic team for their defense, a steel curtain. But Franco Harris was a great running back. Franco Harris is best known for the Immaculate Reception, which is the coolest name ever given to something that ever happened in sports. Cooler than the butt fumble, for example, <laughs> yes. you know, or the fumble at Giant, the miracle at the Meadowland. No, no, no. No, the Immaculate Reception is a great name. Whoever came up with that should be sainted. It's so good. The, uh, the odd thing, and somewhat disturbing actually about this, is that this week, is the 50th anniversary of that game. 50 years ago, 1972, the Immaculate Reception, where Pittsburgh beat Oakland on the last play of the game. Uh, and a great play. Not like the New England play, the worst play anybody has ever seen. Um, I met Franco Harris once. We were doing a game at um, Monday Night Football, and I was walking down the street, and Franco Harris was walking down the street on the other side, and he crossed the street to say hello. Oh, I was just so nice. nice and sweet. He seemed a very, very friendly, nice person. I had that one limited encounter. That's all it was. 
I'm sure that Wilbon has had more than that. I have not. Um, there is a golf decision. I turn to Michael. The Masters has said they will invite every single person on the Saudi tour who is qualified to play in the Masters, including six former winners, a few of whom could win this year. Not all, but a few of whom could win this year. What is your short-term and long-term read on that? Uh, my short term is that it was fourth and long, and the, uh, dis- the deciding committee at the Masters decided to punt this, as every governing body has seemed to do, starting with punt. Uh, the timing of the Open Championship and their decision to say, well, we are an Open Championship by the letter of our law, and everyone is hoping that offi- uh, you know, the official world ranking golf points are, are, are eventually going to take these players out of their tournaments. Uh, I think the Masters is probably looking at this saying, well, Live, Live Golf has just lost one of its marketing executives. They still don't have a TV deal. We sort of hope that this thing sinks in the time between our 23 tournament and, say, the 24 tournament. But we're not going to actively sink but it. But we are not going to actively sink it. And in some ways, by making this non-decision, they are booing it. Because if you're trying to sell Live, you're going to say, well, you're going to see some of our premier players playing the biggest golf tournament of the world. From there, you have to separate it from past champion. I mean, you have you have somebody like Phil, Bubba, Patrick Reed, Sergio Garcia. Uh, you have to separate those players from some of the lower players who would have been in that top 50, top 65. I don't know where the breakdown is to get your master's invite, who are not sort of guaranteed for life or previously guaranteed the for life. The Taylor Gooches of the year. Well, they, they, they're, those are the types of players that might only qualify for the master's once or twice in a decade or in a career. And, and that's how meaningful that invitation this time of of year is but this is a tournament that is built on the layers of history going back to bobby jones and the spirit of what that's the most important thing in golf uh and the idea of being able to compare your shots to the ones of yesteryear to the you know the the double eagle you have phil with the from the pine straw in 13 you have all the shots with tiger but you have bubba every when, when you go there people stop and they are outside the ropes they're trying to stand on the spot where bubba watson hit that 100 percent Hundred percent. So you don't you don't want to lose those memories. So it, it puts it all on the shoulders of the world ranking committee. I don't know who they are and how they work, but well, it, it includes is, Augusta. Yeah, it's pretty clear that they believe in seventy two hole tournaments and not fifty four hole tournaments, and they believe in no guarantees. That I think is sort of dicey because the PGA Tour offers what appear to me to be guarantees when they have no cuts. They usually believe in no cuts, um, and I don't know how sacrosanct this is. I would say the most sacrosanct one would be 72, but then I'd point you to tennis, where no tournament other than the four majors goes three out of five for men. They don't do it, and you know, and those tournaments exist, so I, I don't know what's going to happen here. The world ranking points will be decisional in this, it seems to me. I think this was a significant win for the Saudi Tour. Do you? I do. And right now you're looking at how they are cementing their tour around the world as they're trying to build up the game of golf. And I think the biggest example of that is what they're doing in Australia with their Australian team that is being led by uh, who was the number two player in the world. I think Cam Smith. the Open. But that was in terms of on course golf action that, you know, that wasn't a runaway. That was the best, you know, sort of final couple hours of a major. Uh, so, yeah, this is it feels like it's giving them a lot of traction. Uh, this is all related to some of the OEMs as well. I mean, there's been talk that the former executive from TaylorMade would step in when they eventually give Greg the door. If you hear the wording from Tiger and Rory, and now sort of the the, 
the quiet backing down by some of the tour players, it's PJ tour players, I should say, it seems that they are ready for somebody else to take the helm and then trying to find some common ground. But then you even look at the tailor-made holiday card and no DJ. Let me also say this. If it, if it, and, and I am 100% sure of this. If, in fact, the world ranking points give points for participation in the Saudi tour events, that's the end of the PGA tour as we know it. Because why aren't people going to jump? Why won't they jump for guarantees? Why, why won't they jump for guarantees exactly? And then there'll be this weird sort of melange of the PGA Tour and the Saudi Tour. And they're going to have to work out the details because, because Jack Nicklaus and Tiger Woods played exclusively on the PGA Tour. That's all there was. That's exclusivity. And we're not going to have a situation where some guy, Cam Smith, Great player. He wins 57 tournaments on the Saudi tour. That's it's not going to be the same. It's not going to be the same. This is, this is going to take detailed work. And as I've said many times, this detailed work, when that's done, neither Jay Monahan nor Greg Norman is going to be involved in this. You would agree with that, right? I agree about the executives. I would say if you get to the point where they give world ranking points to players on the live tour, which I think you're getting to that, that idea, particularly now that you have guarantees in terms of a a basement level of money, you're going to give a, you know, an aspiring tour player just to to be able to travel uh, along with all of your, you know, your no cut WGC events. Uh, But I think there's going to be a handful of players who'd say, well, I'm actually very happy. We now have a lot more money in purses and other incentives here. I'm happy to stay here because I I don't even need need to be part of the player impact program. I can qualify for some of those events on my own. I'm just going to play the bare minimum of tournaments and play them at the, the regions that I've always done well because numbers show I play really well in the Southwest and I play really well in the Southeast. And I don't want to actually get into traveling around the world because that's not where I am right now with my family or my professional. But that go to the British Open. Sure, but you've you've always had that where somebody yeah. like a Tiger would would go. I'm a PGA Tour player, but I will give my yeah. talents to this event before yeah. uh, the British, you know, the Open Championship, or I will travel halfway around the world for a guaranteed lump sum. Okay. Uh, one other thing or two other things. Um, again, thanks to Jolene Wojcik for a lovely note. Congratulations on the marriage of your daughter, and. Um, and the salted caramel whiskey, which we will certainly try. Uh, I, will make, I will be brief on this about my own physical condition. I was going to have surgery tomorrow. I have postponed that indefinitely, but indefinitely in my mind only means weeks. That's all it means. I'm going to take this other test to see about the quality of the nerves that are bothering me down my right leg. And um, if they are damaged, I'm going to just have the surgery as soon as possible. I have wonderful doctors. Okay, I want you to understand this, because I know all of you are doctors, and I know you're going to send me remedies. I know you're going to tell me about your life, and I I get that. I have wonderful doctors. I have Kevin McGrail, who is the department chair of neurosurgery at Georgetown University Hospital. I have Jean-Marc Viadzis, who will do the surgery, who has done this surgery on friends of mine that I know and comes extraordinarily recommended, who I like very much. I have great confidence in them. Yesterday, I went to see Matt Ammerman, who is a renowned neurosurgeon who talked to me about this particular test. I'm in the best of care, okay? I, I'm, I'm in the best of care. So, and, but thank you. Send all the emails you want, <laughs> but I, I'm pretty confident about the people that I'm using. When you say you have great doctors, you mean they're great colleagues of yours. No, because I am a doctor as well, but not that kind of doctor. And one other thing, this is the shortest day of the year. It is explained to me all the time. <laughs> 
that that I have this wrong, that in fact, for a couple of weeks now already, seconds have been added to light at the end of the day, and that for a couple of more weeks, seconds will be taken away from light at the beginning of the day. I don't understand that. My world is has borders. My world has finite edges. My world, I color inside the lines. I don't understand how it could be the shortest day of the year. If it's the shortest day of the year, it ought to be the shortest on both ends. So I don't understand this. But I am optimistic that starting tomorrow, there will be more light in all of our lives. And that will be a good thing. We will take a break. Chuck Todd will pick games when we return, as will a monkey. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. The Tony Kornheiser Show. This is Jim Baznight. He's played his songs for us many times before. We love them. This is a song called We'll Always Be In Love. This is... The singles from his new digital album, Early Years. Uh, Both songs are original compositions and master recordings, which I control fully, which is nice to know. So we're not getting this from a cousin or a guy who met him at a bar nine years ago. Jim Basnight will always be in love. Plays in Chuck Todd. Before we get to Chuck's picks, Chuck was in Green Bay to see his beloved Green Bay Packers for the first time ever at Lambeau, and they won in yet another... Sort of terrible Monday night attraction, which figured to be a good attraction, but was a terrible attraction. Uh, the only question we have really is how cold? How cold was it? Oh, it was cold. I mean, I don't, it was six, I guess, at one point. Um, you know, six, right? You know, just the, the six. single digit stuff. Yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty good. It's one of those where you want to wear your, you realize how important wearing a face mask is. Yeah. You wear it outside. Um, that, that, uh, I found myself, uh, fully bundled up. I think I sent you a photo. It was, yep. uh, it was, uh, it's pretty cold. I, uh, I did four layers. Um, uh, of course my 15 year old, no, I'm not going to bother with that. No, just take your shirt <laughs> off. Yeah. What the hell? Exactly. Yeah. No, it was great. We had two shirt taker offers in front of us, two rows in front of us. <laughs> they had to do it. They somehow had to do it twice. <sighs> you know, the first time wasn't enough. They scored touch. They're like, let's, let, let's do it. You know, you're like. Okay, sure. Go ahead. Great idea. Um, so that was it. Was good. It, it felt like the full experience. Yeah. Was it one of my highlights? Was it what you Kevin expected? Harlan. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. Kevin Harlan, by the way. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Really nice guy. Um, and the Packers were really good to us. Uh, Aaron Popke was the PR guy who did a really couldn't couldn't have been nicer. Um, but it was it was look uh, I yeah it was everything I hoped it would be. It was great. It's a it great, was, it it's was, a cathedral. It is. It's cathedral. It really is. Yeah. It really is. And, you know, there's a hotel across the street, and it's a, it, it was a two-bathrobe hotel. I'm sort of surprised. <laughs> you know, when we did Monday I, I Night Football. I, I, had, I had, you know, let me just tell you, 
I don't know if this hotel was fully there when you were doing it. No, but if it were, you would you would be fine with going back to Green Bay. We this had is, uh, we did Kohler Lodge. Yeah, we did two. Wrong. Oh, Kohler. So it's owned by the Kohler company. Oh yeah. It is. Oh well, then they're yeah. going to make it great. Did you get a toilet seat? Not only that, a digital. No, well, I'll tell you this: the highlight. Yeah. Digital shower. You press a button and set the temperature for the water. Right, it's Kohler digital people. Digital shower. The Kohler people, they know they're way ahead. <laughs> they're right. way ahead. In Green Bay, Wisconsin, I get this shower. That's I didn't get great. This in New York City. I didn't get this in San Francisco. I got this in Green Bay, digital shower. Yeah, that's Take that's that. new. We stayed at a casino one time, yeah, and then sure. we stayed yeah. halfway to Milwaukee another time. Yeah, we, that hotel yeah. wasn't there. That's great. No, but, I ran into Schefter at, at that hotel. I mean, this is clearly where, where you... I mean, when I say across the street, I mean across the street. Yeah, it, that, it was, that wasn't it there. Was, it's a nice way to do it. But also they have these lovely sort of, um, you know, banners uh, on the light poles to the people who were great players at various I'll tell times. you, it's, it's the really houses nice. across the street. They're right there. That are just decorated. Like one guy has decided to dedicate the house this year to A.J. Dillon. I'm sure <laughs> previous years it's somebody else. Yeah. And he's got this whole thing about the quadzilla. I don't uh, know if you know this about A.J. Dillon. Apparently he's got some big quads. But, I, you know, I don't. I, you know, that, that was a lot of information, I know. I didn't know if you needed that. No. But the houses are all decorated, and, and Christmas in Lambeau, you know, you throw in that. It was, it was nice. It's lovely. Chuck was 4-2-1 and one last week. Had a good week. He's 50-52-2. Mount 500 is right there. It is... It's looming much like that hotel across the street from <laughs> yeah. Lambeau. Let's start with this. Jacksonville was plus one and a half. That's down to pick them against the Jets because somebody thinks, why are we giving Jacksonville points here? It's at the Jets, a pick em game. Who you got? Well, and it's also a Zach Wilson game, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what brought the line down to. Uh, I, I enjoy watching uh, – Trevor, uh, Trevor play. I mean, Trevor Lawrence looks like he should be the number one overall pick now, finally. Uh, he looks really good these last couple weeks. Uh, I'll go ahead and ride with Jacksonville. Okay. Um, it's another road team. By the way, a lot of road teams I picked last week. They did okay, didn't they? You did very well, though, because one of the games you lost was the home team was Washington, so you were 4-1-1 yeah. one, and one on the road. 4-1-1. One, and one. Uh, Seattle on the road at Kansas City. Seattle getting nine and a half. Kansas City is a better team. But Kansas City doesn't cover very much. Kansas City and no, Buffalo, don't. don't you lost Buffalo because Buff, they don't cover very much. Nine and a half's a lot. Who you got? It is, and I know Seattle needs this, but Seattle feels like they're done. Done. And I know they're not done technically, but they just don't. It just looks like it's over. It looks like they, you know, it, they are. They are who we thought they would be. It just took us to the end of the year to get there. Um, look, I don't want to. I, I don't want to have to hope Seattle covers and backdoor covers. So I just I'll stick with Kansas City. Okay, Cincinnati, a very hot team, is minus three and a half at New England. New England lost. In it's the worst play that anyone has ever seen. It is. It's the worst play. New England goes home now has this chance to salvage its season. I think they're 7-7. Seven and seven. Cincinnati doesn't need this. They don't need this anymore, but they're minus 3.5, and, and they are the better team. Uh, why do you say they don't need it? Uh, because I don't think they I mean, can catch cheating. Buffalo. Yeah, but the, 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 uh, 
you, there's a slight difference between the two and the three seed. Do you want to do you want to play the Chargers in your first round? Game? No, I do not. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I do don't not. know. I just think that I think that if you're gaming where you are in the playoffs, you know, and you end up with the Chargers in the first round, you're not happy about that. Um, I, I uh, and that that feels like a loss that lingers, not a loss you rally around, right? Yeah, it's like terrible. That's a loss that you just terrible. You mutter about. Yeah. All this stuff. How did this happen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know if this were earlier in the season, I'd be with New England, but this feels too late in the year for them to uh, them to recover. I can't believe a Belichick team did this. By the way, Bill they Belichick are one of the things that I always learned about Belichick teams. They favored college graduates and they favored team captains. They wanted to be the smartest team. That was the dumbest play and the worst play I've, uh, I've, anybody's ever seen. Philadelphia at Dallas. This has gone down from Philadelphia plus five and a half to Philadelphia plus five. Philadelphia's plus. Are we sure about that? Yes. Philadelphia's plus at Dallas? Yeah, that's yes. because of the quarterback. They don't that's think, Hertz. Uh, Hertz. We don't know about Hertz. Yeah, they don't think Hertz. They don't think he's going to. That's a line that says Hertz doesn't start. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a, a big why game. Why would you? It's a big game for Dallas. Philadelphia actually does not need this game. They don't. Yeah, why would you play Hurts at all here? No, not right. on the road against the rival. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. Boy, five points, that's a lot. I mean, I i, I love the Minshew. The mustache, the sure. of the mustache. Sure, sure. can cover five points, right? Uh, I'm not going to do it, though, because you're right. Dallas needs this. Um, and I do think that the Eagles are going to uh, start resting players and stuff. So. I'll go ahead and, and follow the money here. Okay, you'll take Dallas. Following the money means give me Dallas. Washington is at San Francisco. Washington just got beat at home, looked bad doing it. They're plus seven. Plus seven is a lot. They're playing against uh, an, uh, an untested quarterback, but an untested quarterback who has been out there three different games and looked very good in those games. Will you take the seven when a team goes 3,000 miles to play after a loss? Especially after a semi-short week, yeah. Um, and uh, this loss, though, is it, right? I mean, if they lose this, prob- yep. yeah, they yep. probably would eliminate them. Seven points, seven. Jeez, you know, San Francisco is another one. They don't put a lot of points on the board. They do not. Uh, they have a defense that only allows fifteen a game, though. Yeah, I know. Yeah, this is a. A twelve nothing special, isn't it? Or a twelve to three? Um, yeah, I'll go with the better team. I, I oh, seven points. I just can't. I don't know how. I don't know how Washington scores points. Yeah, I mean they're just going to. Well, they bring gonna, in Carson gonna, Wentz and he fills the will, air with footballs. Yeah, that's no, how they do it. And then Taylor. Well, why is Taylor Heineke not playing? No, I'm saying that they, they score nothing in the first half. Or three, okay. they bring in Wentz, and they suddenly have 17. You really think they'd bring Wentz in? Yes. I really think they would. I think Ron Rivera uh, is out of tricks. And I think I agree with Barry's for Lucas Kahn the other day. I think he's made mis- obvious mistakes. I do. Yeah. No, I think I think he has to. Give me, um, give me the better team. San Francisco. San Francisco. The New York Giants, who won a game I didn't think they would win, and I thought they would lose significantly. The Giants are at Minnesota. Minnesota, you just cannot. There is no <laughs> rational way to talk about Minnesota. It's just not possible 
Uh, it's it's just not. The Giants are getting three and a half. Isn't this always the spread with the Vikings? <laughs> just, <you> know, <laughs> right? It's constantly this spread. Three. It's either two and a half or three and a half. Because nobody believes in them, and they just came back and scored 39, 36 and a half and 39 in a game. I know how bad Minnesota's defense is. Do you think the Giants can score 20 points on no. anybody? No, I don't. I mean, they, 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 we saw their max effort, mm-hmm. and that's the thing here. I, man, I'm rolling with a lot of favorites. Um, but give me uh, and the poor monkey. I'm taking both the Vikings and the and the Commanders on him. <laughs> he is not going to be happy. I mean, give me, give me, give me the Vikings in a shot of uh, in a shot of blue, please. Okay, that's fine. One more game, Green Bay. You just saw him live. They're getting four. They're at Miami. Miami performed great in Buffalo. I mean, you look at you. You're the only guy who had that one. Um, Miami performed so well in Buffalo that that I think to myself. They're going to win this game. Now, Aaron Rodgers, this is all on the line for Aaron Rodgers, who thinks they can make the playoffs. They have to win out. They go to Miami. I do think Miami, it's almost, it's almost like a victory what happened to them in Buffalo to me. Who you got? You know, they both need this. I mean, if Miami loses this, they suddenly have to worry about whether they playoffs. can hang on for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And obviously Green Bay is this very, very, very outside chance. Rodgers is terrible in the state of Florida, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. He's like, yeah, he, 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 it's it's like just just a horrible record in the state of Florida. Uh, four points. I'm still on the Lambeau high. I got to think they can keep that within a field goal. Give me the Packers on the road. Okie dokie. Just to, just just because I wouldn't I wouldn't feel right publicly being against them. It's a good job out of you. We hope you win. Thank you, Chuck. Thank you, guys. Chuck Todd, uh, boys and girls. Monica, Mary, Holly, all yep. those things. Yep. All right. And back to you, Chuck Todd. Thank you. Again, it's, our, it's the thrill of our lives that the guy who hosts Meet the Press comes on and picks football games and we never talk about politics at all unless something bizarre happens. It's got to be really bizarre. <laughs> and if we gave you that, that would be enough, but we give you a monkey. See the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching, watching his iPad, smoking and laughing, hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Not just going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. Reginald's got the bikes by two. Sometimes he throws poo, poo, poo. When he's had too much Johnny Walker blue. Just before we get to the monkey, this is an email from David Murray from Johnstown, Pennsylvania, the flood city. I was eight years old during the last flood. I remember bailing water half the night in our basement, then walking around the town the next week, marveling at the pure power water can bring. Been listening for about eight years. I'm going to ask a dumb question. Is the monkey real? Is it a real live monkey making these picks? I don't think in the time frame I have listened has that fact ever been clarified. Based upon the way it's presented on the show, it is an actual monkey. But the way Nigel tells these stories about how he makes the picks, that part is obviously made up. Does Nigel actually go to the zoo and put two papers in front of the monkey with each team on them and see which one he picks? Please explain the real process. I think there are more folks than just me who might find the actual details worth monkey. It's of course it's a real monkey. Of course National it's zoo. real. You know. Yeah. And, you know. I go and you know. Don't be surprised if some of these stories I tell of Reginald are actually true. Yeah, but we thank David for his inquiry. Yes, it's a real monkey. Bootsy yes. and the Hammer love visiting the, v- the zoo. Yeah. yeah. Any anyone that goes to the National Zoo is well is very There's familiar. Reginald. with Reginald. Yeah.
Yes. Right. It's basically his zoo. What's so, he picking? Well, the first, uh, I went down there, um, as I love to do, and he was having his big holiday party. Was, and uh, just a cavalcade of celebrities. Let me just read off a few. Ricky Gervais was there. Oh, great. Norman Greenbaum yeah. was there. Um, someone named... Going up to the spirit. Right, someone named Gambino, who Carlo. I think was in the waste management system. Yeah, Carlo Gambino. Um, and uh, Fennis Dembo. You remember him? From- Fennis Dembo. He played, uh, didn't he go to Wyoming? Yes, he was a Wyoming yeah. cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. I so remember Fennis lots Dembo. of, you know, it's an eclectic crowd. It always it is. is with Reginald. Yeah. Uh, he took some, a break from the festivities to go over these matches. And the first one we gave him was the Jets hosting the Jaguars in a pick'em game. Uh, and he showed me a riding on a toboggan with Joe Klecko, Mark Gastineau, and Al Toon. There you go. He's tell- picking the Jets. Yeah, tells me he's got ties to the Jets with that one. Uh, now, the next match we gave him was... Green- Owen, he was 0-3 last week. His had his worst week last It was week. an awful week for him. I yeah. think he's, he's a little, you know, caught up with himself. Mm. Yeah, believing his own uh, press clippings. Smelling himself, as we say. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the next one we gave him was a Christmas match. Uh, Green Bay uh, getting four at Miami. Uh, and he showed me an old faded photograph of him at lunch with what looked to be Johnny Ola and Hyman Roth. There you go. Tells me he's got I'm going to ta- take a nap. And when I come back, if there's a million dollars in an envelope, I'll know I have a partner. <laughs> right. yeah. I-, I wasn't sure if I saw Fredo there. He might have been in the background. Uh, Fredo. Wasn't sure. Um, and the Never last- go against the family, Fredo. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. <laughs> the next one we gave him was uh, Washington on the road getting seven at San Francisco. Uh, and he's actually going to go with Chuck Todd on this one. Showed me a picture of him on Safari with Juan Marichal, Willie Mays, and Ronnie Lott, some luminaries from San Francisco. So he's going to take the 49ers. Yeah, he's going to take the 49ers. I don't know how you don't take the 49ers <laughs> in this one. Right. I don't. Maybe. But, you know, I'm wrong all the time, too. That's great. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Maybe Carville, certainly Ma. Carville has replied back this morning, so Fantastic. we feel confident I'm about Tony that. Kornheiser. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Once again, this is Jim Baz Knight sending in his own songs. This is Leave the Past Behind. Michael, if people like Jim Baz Knight want to send in their original music, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at tonycornizershow.com. Wonderful. He's really good. He's We're happy whenever he sends us his yes. rock and roll. He plays in James Carville. In past years, Carville would have a bad week. We wouldn't hear from him for two weeks. He'd come back, maybe have a little bit better week. He'd lose on his triple plays or his quadruple or his quintuple plays. James Carville is 14-0 and 0 in his multiple plays. Yes, let me repeat that. 14-0. and 0. He's had four of them, three threes and a five, and he's won them all. He is now 53-32-3 after a 7-2-1 week last week. As I said last week, I hope you are putting money down on your own picks because you are doing great. What do you have for us? Uh, I've got one Superstein three-time tap-out play. A tap-out play? Tap-out. Okay. Air Force. Who's Air Force playing? Uh, Baylor. I've got Baylor giving four in that match. 
and we got at we're taking Air Force plus four. Air Force plus four for how many plays are we doing? Three, uh, three times play. Three times. Okay. Stupestein, Keyboard Lachelet, ACL Sports.com play. Right. Okay. <laughs> well, you're you're fourteen and zero that way so far. Fourteen and zero. It's remarkable. Well, I got I got I've assembled a good team. You have. You have. You know? Yeah. What can I say? Are, is is, know, is that get, your only pick? That's my only pick. Okay. This week. Okay. So we're sitting at the table, and the chips are in the middle on the Air Force. Yes, that's three times. Look, you got you got fourteen chips. Right, okay? right. Risk three. Right. If if you miss, where are you going to end up? You're fourteen 11, and three. You're plus three, eleven. Or you end up seventeen and zero. Yeah. That's... And you know we're now we I think we've ascended the summit of Mount Six Hundred here in our total picks. Fifty-three, thirty-two, and three. Yeah, I think so. I think you're real close yeah, I, to it. I, I did the thing on a computer. I think we're around sixty-two, but I'd have to redo it. But that—that's our our goal was, you know, to try to stay there. We got we got we got a lot a lot of places we can lose going forward. But we got a little we got a little stash going into the you know the bigger bowl games, the playoff, the NFL playoffs, sure. the whole thing. There's a lot to but, come. Is this the uh, is this the biggest heater you've ever been on? Yes. This is not typical, you know. That's no, great. Uh, by the way, I saw the Greek Freak play Monday night. Uh, the uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's great. He's real good. He's a great yeah. player. Yeah. I think he's better. I've seen him and a guy from Dallas and Denver. He's better than both of them. Uh, Jokic is the guy at Denver, and Dallas is Luka Doncic. Yeah. Right. No, he's the best. If Kevin Durant is not the best player in the league, it is Antetokounmpo. It's one of those two right now, I think. I don't know. He's pretty good. All right. And the Pelicans, you know, they've lost four in a row, but they're still pretty good. Yeah, they're a good team. They got three guys that can play. That's when Ingram plays. With McCollum, with Zion, Zion stays healthy. That is a team that can go to the last four. They can. Yeah. You know. And, and McCollum is good. He's I, very I, good. Every time you go to the game, you say, just, get, just have him have the ball. That's all you want. Just give him the ball. He'll figure out what to do. He's not only good, James. He's smart. He's a smart kid. Uh, I've heard him yeah. a, a number of times. I think he's Lehigh. Lehigh or Bucknell, one of those two schools. Right. He's really good. I think good. he's like the NBA player rep or something like yeah, that. Yeah. He, he is. He's very, very smart. He is. He's very, All right. He doesn't make bad decisions on the court either. Yeah. Have a good holiday. Best to everybody okay. at home. We'll see you next week. All right. Don't James James Carville. He's doing great. It's the best he's ever done. On you can hear show. it in his voice. Yeah. He's, I, don't, I think he's surprised. <laughs> I think he's surprised at how good he's been. I thought we lost his uh, his cell call a little bit. When he at just the beginning, stopped, but... when he just sort of stopped, and I didn't know just the Air Force. Now I got to be honest. Tap Baylor, out triple play. Baylor is a Big Twelve team. Doesn't matter. He's he's plus six under now. I wouldn't take this one. Yeah. Air Force plus four. I wouldn't take this one. Are you surprised he's staying away from the NFL this week? Yeah. Well, you never know. I mean, you never know. I. Really, I mean, I can honestly say that you never know applies to Carville more than anybody else that we have. You know, Jeff Ma joins us now. I think I got this right. I think that you, you, you got your last win on Monday. You won the college game, but you were 2-3 and three overall. Am I correct on that? You are correct, Tony. 39-32-1. 
to still making money. Yeah. Not Carville money, but making money. What do you got for us? Uh, we're going to do another college game. Okay. Start um, the game today. Uh, Western Kentucky plus four and a half over South Alabama. Um, this is kind of an interesting game. And that Western Kentucky, this is where Bailey Zappi comes from. Last year, he led the uh, whole nation in passing yards. And their quarterback, Austin Reed, I think was second this year, um, was in the transfer portal. It looked like they were going to lose their offensive coordinator. Um, those guys all pulled back out, and Austin Reed will be playing. Um, the line has moved down for Western Kentucky, but Rufus numbers actually say Western Kentucky should be favored in this game. So I think there's still a little bit of value in, in the Western Kentucky um, Hilltoppers here. I remember them as a good basketball team in the 70s, Western Kentucky, with a couple of guys that went to the NBA, and I did remember that their name was the Hilltoppers, but I didn't even know they played football, and I've – Yesterday, there was a bowl game. The something-something Boca Raton Bowl was a sponsorship. I had never heard of the company at all. I had no idea what it was. What bowl game is this, Jeff? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) I've got it. It's the R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. R&L Carriers. Yes. Look up what was the what was the Boca Raton Bowl. Was it Gibby's? Yesterday. It wasn't Gibby's, I don't think. That's a great one. No, it was like some – it was some um, website. (laughs) Boca Raton – yeah, it was I just know yesterday. What you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not seeing it. Was... it. Oh, you're not seeing it? No, I'm not sure. It was why. yesterday. All right. Yeah. What else you got, Jeff? I'm going to take the Browns minus the two and a half over in New Orleans. Um, I think we all know that Sean Watson's not quite right yet, but hopefully he'll continue to get better. And I, I think New Orleans is kind of done um, after sort of the last few weeks. Um, like them here. Okay. Like Cleveland here. I'm going to take Tennessee minus the five over Houston. Houston obviously um, has played pretty well the last couple of weeks, and so they're getting kind of a bump here, whereas Tennessee has played opposite. But this is one where I think Tennessee writes itself and kind of in that zone where, um, you know, like in between a touchdown and a field goal, I like Tennessee here. So Tennessee has lost a bunch in a row, but this is a division game. And you're right about Houston. They played Dallas really tough. They played – Great games the last two weeks, and you and it makes you wonder: should they keep that coach? They're not actually winning the games, though. I think they're like one eleven and one, something like that, right? They're not good. Yeah, but, it's, they're doing the perfect thing, right? Because they're they're playing competitively enough that their team's developing, and but they're losing, so they're still staying in position for for you know whatever draft. Yeah, you're right. Okay, what else? I'm going to take Baltimore minus the seven and a half over Atlanta. I, I lost with Baltimore last week, but you know, last week was an interesting week for me because those three games I lost, Baltimore actually outgained Cleveland and, and pretty much dominated that game, even though they lost by 10 points. They, have, they had, I think, two um, empty possessions inside of the other team's 10-yard um, line that yielded no points where they went forward on fourth down. And um, from, from a yards-per-play standpoint, I think they had almost a, a – one yard per play better than Cleveland. Um, and, you know, obviously in the Minnesota game that I lost. You know, oh, my uh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. You were you had so lost that game, and then you climbed back in. You know, and, and it was three and a half. You lost by a half point. It was that, was that was an unbelievable game. Did you watch it? You know, I was – you, you remember my two children. My two children fell asleep in the car on the way home from – 
somewhere. So rather than waking them up and trying to transfer them into uh, their beds for naps, I sat in the car with my phone near my house with the Wi-Fi signal and watched it on my phone <laughs> just, just <laughs> while the kids slept in the car. It's was an, it's simply an unbelievable game. It's an abs- that's no other word I could use. What else you got? Well, then the other game, if you remember, I had was, was New England, right? Yeah. So we, we all know how that ended. <laughs> that the, in the worst play of all time. Of all time. All, it's awful. All time. No all time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, so I take Baltimore minus a seven and a half. I think Lamar Jackson. He's playing. Back here. Lamar Jackson's coming yeah. back. Yeah. And I think they win this game easily. And then and then I'm going to take the Chargers minus the four over Indy. Um, seems like the Chargers have kind of righted the ship, and um, they are going to make the playoffs. I mean, after that New England meltdown, um, the Chargers are in a very good position to make the playoffs, and um, you'd only expect them to continue to perform, especially against this indie team that they're know, done. Is likely. They're, yeah, that team they is done. They, they need to get rid of everybody. They need to actually get rid of the owner. He's the cause. He's the constant. He did, did, they're, How do you fire the owner? Though? You That's can't. a good way to do that. You know, but it, it is remarkable that he steps out in front to say to get rid of another owner. Like this guy. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Another guy, not this guy. Uh, what do you got on Bet the Process this week with Rufus? Well, we we're probably going to do a mailbag this week, but we 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 did we're releasing these uh, you know one minute clips on every bowl game. That that's what yeah. I would tell people to go back and listen to because we've got you know this information I'm giving out on you know Western Kentucky and some of these other teams. This guy Bud Elliott is the guy that talks about it, and what he talks about in so much of these bowl games are all the opt outs that are happening and all the different ways to sort of think about you know, measuring motivation in these bowl games and the prep and whatnot. And, and it's it's pretty interesting stuff because so far in the first few bowl games, it's definitely borne out and it's been pretty useful information for those people that are trying to bet on these games. That's good to know. And I did find out it was the roofclaim.com Boca Raton Bowl. Roof claim. Yeah. Roof. What is that? What is? <laughs> it's like there are so many bowls now. Yeah. That and was, bowls are good. Look, yeah, the totally. reason we're bumped to ESPN two is because they outrate us by five to one. Yeah. They do. That was Toledo and Liberty in that match. Can't wait for it next year as well. <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. Have a happy hey, what holiday. About next, what about next year the the TK or this show stinks bowl? That would be good. We could get Will Bond at halftime to yell at people. <laughs> That'd be the halftime. They'd say, shut I mean, up. The roofclaim.com, that, that, it can't be that expensive. We could probably raise some money from the Littles to do this. Sure, crowdsourcing, yeah. This is not a bad idea yeah. to do a bowl game. Crowdfund. <laughs> that would be great. Thanks, Jeff. All right, bye, guys. Jeff Ma, boys and girls. We'll take a break. We'll come back with emails and jingles. I'm Tony Kornheiser. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. You're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Here comes Tony's mailbag. Got your email faxes and your notes. Here comes Mr. Tony's mailbag. Gonna read some for all of you folks. 
That's Joe Arrow singing and John Nicewinger on the piano. It's just wonderful. Makes everybody very happy. Thank you very much. Happy holidays to all, obviously. Nigel, the Bethesda Bagel ad. Yes, Bethesda Bagels. We love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. Before we get to the mailbag, let me quote my favorite Christmas song of all time by John Lennon. So this is Christmas for weak and for strong, for rich and the poor ones. The world is so wrong. And so happy Christmas for black and for white, for yellow and red ones. Let's stop all the fight. A very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Let's hope it's a good one without any fear. I'm sure if John Lennon were running for office, he would say, as I would, we're better than this. Amen. Thanks to our guests today, Chuck Todd, James Carville, Jeff Ma. Thanks to our sponsor, Masterclass. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. From Claire Natola, please share my most sincere thanks to all the Littles who donated to our sixth annual Little Elves Holiday Drive. This year, we raised over $3,500 for Rocco's Warriors, which helps families with the financial burdens that come with caring for a child diagnosed with cancer. It is no surprise that the Littles are a wonderful community of generous souls. Our six holiday drives have raised over $14,000 in total for charity. It's not too late to help Rocco's Warriors this year. If anyone else wants to know how, they're welcome to find me at Twitter, at Cool Aunt Claire, or on Facebook, just by searching for Claire Natola, wishing all the Littles and Bigs love, health, and happiness. From Marcus in Phoenix, Arizona, listening to your Tuesday show and your discussion of your dog and butter, brought back one of my favorite memories of our dog, Sadie, who we had to put down last week. My sister-in-law was dog-sitting for us about 12 years ago, and when we came home, she reported to us that Sadie had eaten an entire container of butter. Not a stick of butter, but one of those tubs that's about 189 ounces in size. Let's just say the walks to take her to the bathroom were quite interesting for the next few days. A couple of years later, we went on another trip. It happened yet again. So the real problem seemed to be my sister-in-law yes. and her seeming inability to put stuff back in the refrigerator. Why are you buying a tub of butter? As I mentioned, your story brought back those stories, which were among our favorites. And don't worry, Sadie lived to the ripe old age of 15. And no, we aren't going to put our ashes in a giant country crock tub. From Stephen Crawford in McLean, Virginia. Your story from Tuesday about Chessie eating a stick of butter reminded me of my old dog Casper once getting on the counter and eating my wife's three and a half layers of carrot cake, two sticks of butter, and the parchment it was on. He had the same yellow, greasy diarrhea for two days. Yes, don't, don't go there with me because I've been out with her. <laughs> Ashton Wingate in Brooklyn. All right, listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our fugitive is on the run. What I want from each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas house, residence, warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, and dog house in that area. Checkpoints go up at 15 miles. Your fugitive's name is Chessie Kornheiser. <laughs> From Josh Cromwell in Moselle, Mississippi, your Chessie story reminded me of a dog I had as a kid who would walk next door to my grandparents' house, pull an ear of corn directly off the stalk, peel back the husk and eat the raw corn right off the ear. Lest you think he was some sort of health nut, he also had a real weakness for those powdered donuts. So everything in moderation, I suppose. <laughs> From Brandon Costello, if you don't name your next restaurant Bone and Butter, you're a fool. It's uh, a great name. Really from, Rob F. Yeah, from Rob F. in Centerport, New York, on the North Shore of Long Island, I have very exciting numbers to share with you. As a longtime listener, I know you'll be impressed. Even though luck had a lot to do with it, and by a lot I mean everything, I'm still going to take credit, and it's awesome this subject has finally come up on the pod. My kids have the best birthdays. My daughter was born 10-15-07 and my son 7-15-10. It's wonderfully easy to remember and I'm so thankful since my memory seems to get worse every year. From Jeff Osterman in Lusby, Maryland. 
First time, long time. Here's some birthday fun for you. My dad's birthday is 12-12. His sister's birthday is 9-9. Their grandmother's birthday was 8-8. The same grandmother was born in 1900, so she turned 88 on 8-8-88. How about them apples? That's pretty From good. Eric Van Shaften, I'm a longtime little from Pella, Iowa. Unfortunately, I missed the NFL picks from last week. Did Chuck, Todd, Carville, Jeff Ma, Reginald have an NFL comeback win from being down 33-0? Not surprising, Wilbon. <laughs> Jeff Ma had... He had Minnesota. And even with the greatest comeback of all time, lost by a half point. Mm. Rob Lowe, not that Rob Lowe, Orange County, California. Biggest headline from the Vikings-Colts game, the Jeff Saturday experiment not working. No. The Vikings' strange season with yet another unexplainable twist. No. It's that Wilbon nonchalantly predicted the greatest comeback in NFL history. Will anything ever surprise this man? Uh, from Frank Kelly in Situate, Massachusetts. Yes, that same Frank Kelly with the great Bob Ryan story in the spring that Bob didn't remember. Bob and I emailed back and forth, but haven't been able to get together for a beer or ice cream yet, but I digress. As a BC guy, I also remember that game on a rainy Thursday, October night in 07, when Matt Ryan led the Eagles to the amazing comeback. And as Chris Fowler said, and Lane Stadium goes silent. However, what Steven didn't mention is that just a little more than a month later in the ACC championship game with BC down 23-16, Matt threw a pick six to end the game. Why do I bring this up? Because after the pick six, ABC decided to zoom in on a pissed off, I used his words, BC fan in the stands, me. Nigel, show the picture for News Channel 8. <laughs> Needless to say, my Blackberry, it was that long ago, started blowing up with texts. So the following Monday, I'm walking into the office when our CEO yells at me, Frank, I saw you on TV. <laughs> and Bob Ryan was also right about the Red Sox attendance heading down. While I was typing this, I got another email uh, from them about tickets for gifts. And here's the picture yeah. of him. Looking just, very disgruntled. Just yes. very disgruntled. Uh, printed that in full color. Should, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's lovely. Should I, no, we're done. We're done, we're done for the day. We're done for the day. Um, so, so Christmas... And Christmas Eve and Christmas will take place uh, between now and the next time we do a show. We will try and do some shows for you next week. We will try. We'll do the best we can, yeah. right? Yeah. We'll try. And Michael, you'll be on the line. Thank you. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, have a great holiday. And if you're out on your bike tonight, of course, and it's in the next few nights, it's going to be rainy Ooh. and cold. Yeah. If you're out on your bike, do wear white. Well, happy Christmas! Happy Christmas! Happy Christmas! I've heard of them.